Hey everyone, welcome back to TV guys and welcome to 2024. And if you are looking for candidates that you can trust, vote for Matt Rodenberg and Brian Jones in 2024. Not to be president, we're just going to sit around. We just want a popularity contest. So I'm Matt. I'm Brian. I think we have a better chance of being voted president. Do we? <laughs> hey, did you know that presidential elections are always on the same years as leap years? True. It's also always on the same year as, as the Summer Olympics. Huh. I didn't know that part. And we were both born during an election year. We were. I, yep. for the longest time, so I, I, yeah, being born election year, we were born in May, or you were end of April. I was beginning, middle of May. And so we yep. had like six months of a Reagan. And then for most of our young, like, life, we only had Bushes or Clintons in the White House. That was the only president that we had for almost, what was it, 12? No, 20 years. 20 Pretty years our, of Bush our and entire, Our entire underage years minus, you know, seven, eight months. Yep. So there you go. And then Obama came along. He's like, what do we do? I've never had a president that's not a Bush or Clinton. I don't know how to act when you say bushes or clintons i mean it's only one clinton i mean there was there was a chance of a second one later but there was well i mean it still counts because he was there for yeah. eight years and we had 12 years true. of bush it's like you know everyone on the podcast right now is either a matt or a brian it's kind of like that kind of thing <laughs> don't don't ruin this <laughs> no it is it is true and it is kind of, i never thought of it that way i just like to make fun of you clearly can. yeah <laughs> Well, um, I'm sure everyone tuned in to hear our election coverage of 2024. That's what we're starting with. No, um, obviously this year, if you read the the episode title, if you're one that like you just download it and it just auto starts for you, you have no idea what you're getting into. But for everyone else who actually, you know, pays attention and reads the episode title, we are talking about what was the best TV of 2023. And right off the bat, Brian, I have to say 2022 was probably better. I have to say, there's only one that I can think of, new show in 2023 that I actually watched, and that was because we did a podcast. No, two, because we did podcasts for them with the Santa Clauses and The Last of Us. You you watched have, a different one that was in 2023 that we didn't do a podcast on, but. Wait, are you sure? Yeah. Wait. We'll get to it. Okay. Um, but yeah, 2022, always, yeah. I was so excited for this episode because I was like, mm -hmm. the one that I remember that was fresh was Andor. And I was just, I was so high on Andor. It was such a good show. Yeah. But, um, so. but yeah. you know what? Because we're there, we did this last year and it worked out well. And even though you only have a couple that you're doing, it's yeah. fine. We're going to start, we're going to do it like by uh, um, podcast, no, not podcast, uh, streaming service. There you okay. go. We're going to do it streaming service at a time. Well, I, what I can do is, so there, there were shows that I watched in 2023 for the first time, but they weren't new shows here. They were new to me. So I can always bring those up because some of those are ones we haven't talked about. And I'll just touch on them briefly. So here's something that we talked about because we're in Disney Plus, and this is going to be the one that you actually have some that we've talked about. Okay. We haven't yet talked about the Muppets Mayhem TV show. Oh, we haven't. This is, you're right. There's another one. Boom. So when I was like, we'll get to it. Like, no, just right off the bat. I, I yeah. know that Muppets means like push the stop button for some of our vis viewers, but we'll get, it's okay. Hold our hands. We're going to get through this together, yeah. guys. We'll be done in a minute. Matt, I'm sure Matt will talk about Ahsoka later. I, I will. <laughs> I'll get, because we're at Disney Plus. There's some, there's some good shows on the, 
Uh, there's also just some shows so, flat out. That's what they are. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. I'm going to say Muppets Mayhem. I'm not going to say it's perfect. And I have some, some issues with it, but I do think it is the best thing the Muppets have done in a long time. Yeah. I, um, I was surprised at how favorable the, the reviews were for this because the human element of it was was boring to me. You know, with Muppets, yeah. you've got to have really intriguing human element as well, or else they're like, why do you even have these humans here? They're not holding the thing together at all. You yeah. need either a Michael Caine who is like grounding everything in the reality of what it is, yeah. or Tim Curry who is matching the <laughs> the heights that the Muppets go to in their absurdity and their craziness. You can't yeah. have anything in between of just some boring storyline. So the human the part thing, was the worst. Yeah. The little thing about the human thing I did is just for the one episode was when, Oh, I don't even remember their names. The main, the main Nora's sister, Nora was the main girl, her sister. Mm-hmm. When her sister was teaming up with animal to do TikTok dances and make, and make animal famous. I liked that. That was funny. Um, that was one episode and one minor plot line of that episode. The cameos were definitely better than the yeah. main characters. Even ta- like Taj Maori, I like Taj Maori, but oh, yeah. he was probably the best of the stable characters did there. You, did you catch at one point? They're like, who is this? Some kind of smart guy? I didn't catch that, but that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um, I, my favorite cameo that they had was, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on his name? Um, from Parks and Rec. The... Oh, uh, Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Yeah, that was another one. Yeah, when uh, who John Ralphio when he was giving an animal a job interview. Yes, that was the funniest part of the whole series mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, but I I liked the, what the Muppets did. I liked what they brought, yes. and it was refreshing. I know that some of it was not quite what you liked of how like the the representation that they have because it was that you didn't like what they did with lips. And you didn't like what yeah. they did with who's the Janice. other one? Janice. Yeah. Um, I don't think I liked what they did with Janice either. This it was a show that was like, it's fine. If you like Muppets, you're gonna like it more than the average person. If you don't like Muppets, it's not gonna convince you to start liking Muppets. No. Um, the thing with Lips is that yeah, he was basically a blank slate character. He had spoke like maybe four lines of dialogue in the past 40 years, mm-hmm. but he did have a, a voice and it wasn't blah, 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 you know. And it was so excited. Cool. Lips is finally going to be featured in a show. Let's see what the character's all about. What he's about is you can't understand him. Yes. <laughs> but I liked the rest of them. I mean, you can't really screw up Animal or Zoot that much. They're yeah. they're kind of superfluous characters. But I liked Dr. Teeth and, and Floyd a lot. Yep, me too. I, I think the most emotional part, and this wasn't that deep to me, but like the emotional core that made you invested was the Floyd and Animal. Um, oh, yeah. Their episode that they had. Baby Animal, yep. like the bridge under troubled water. Also, the album, I listened to it a lot on Amazon Music, is actually really good. Nice. I don't. So I don't. But yeah. we're not getting to season two. It didn't do well enough. It was just it didn't there. Surprise me. I think the Muppets got a, a, another surge of goodwill with the 2011 movie, you know, when mm-hmm. Muppets Most Wanted. And those are what got them the ABC show. And the ABC show just lost them so much goodwill that I don't think Muppets are ever going to be up on top again. They'll never reach the popularity they were in the 70s. That was their peak. Yeah. But even now, it's like 
they're it's I don't know. The future of the Muppets is bleak, but a lot of what they're doing right now is good. Now, on the opposite side of that, another big thing that peaked in the 70s was Star Wars. Yes, (laughs) I knew uh, you were going, yeah. (laughs) And Star Wars, they had the same thing, too, where there was like a lot of goodwill from like uh, last year, Andor and everything. But Mm -hmm. they had lost this goodwill when they did their the the sequels and had solo a star wars story and they were going to do obi-wan as the movie instead of the uh, series and everything and so they are the opposite though they're the opposite trajectory and we talked about earlier this year you did watch this one we watched mandalorian season three and i think i did like season two a little bit more than season three but season three was still really solid yeah i liked it i mean i was kind of losing a little bit of interest as you could tell in that show i'm kind of Kind of getting over over Star Wars a little bit. I know it might be blasphemy to, to you and Jeff and Paul, and but yeah, and so I didn't I didn't watch Ahsoka. I've heard it was good. Uh, Ahsoka would be better if I had um, watched Rebels, and I started watching Rebels. I'm like, actually, this show isn't too bad, and so I'm gonna be more engaged in watching that. And so if if all that this show did was get me to watch Rebels, then it did its job. Um, there were definitely good parts of Ahsoka, but I'm sorry, it wasn't as high as I wanted it to be. And I think that was just because I wasn't the target demographic. I was not a guy who had watched Rebels and needed the closure of that series. And so th- there was also, so without, I, I don't know if I, this is spoiling at all. It's just a introducing an introducing introduction of a creature for my mythology i know that they had it in other episodes but this series had space whales in it and i didn't realize ahead of time that space wheels were space wheels space whales were a no-no for me i see him pop on i'm like "Mm, that's too far Sure, we've got an emperor who comes back from the dead as a clone and can shoot lightning from his fingertips, and we've got this magical force that connects everyone, but space whales, that's a bridge too far for me. Yeah, exactly. Like, And they never came back to it. <laughs> and, and I know that they introduced it in Rebels, whatever, but still, like, I just couldn't wrap my heart around space whales. I'm sorry. Me either, yeah. Um. So the Star Wars stuff this year wasn't, quite as good as last year because last year did have i think mandalorian season two as well as andor and both of those were just amazing Mm. um and but we did have this year some marvel properties and i don't know if i'm missing any because we did loki and we haven't we haven't talked about loki did you watch loki season two i have not watched any marvel it's not quite as good as season one in my opinion um it gets some really goodwill by casting kehe kwan um and right off of his big oscar win earlier this year it's his renaissance and he he's a great actor and i really love his story not not the story in the show but just his story as a person and so i was thrilled to see him in it um jonathan majors did a really good job despite now apparently he's guilty and is getting dropped by marvel and gonna be dropped probably by any movie and uh, i think probably having jail time then i don't remember exactly it was some sort of domestic battery something like that assault yeah. or something I, like that I, I forget what it was but i remember hearing that the news yeah and it doesn't i it's really funny to me because people are like what's marvel gonna do and the obvious thing is like this character kang has a lot of variants 
why can you not recast him? Why, yeah. of all the Marvel characters that have been recasted, because there's been a couple, why yeah. is that like the, hmm, and what should we do? big ones too, like Bruce Banner. Like they, they, yeah. they've done it before, they can do it again. I saw a comment that I love. Someone's just like, they should just recast him as Terrence Howard and say nothing about it. <laughs> no no meta jokes cut. about like looking like Rhodey or whatever. Just have yeah. him in there. It's like, yeah, this is Kang. It's been him all along. Hmm. Yeah. So and, we have and I know it hasn't by the time of this recording, I'm actually really interested because I I I'm a little off the Marvel train, but have you seen the ads for the what if um season two? No, I've not. So by the time this is will be posting will have had all of what if post because what what they're doing is they're doing one episode a day leading up to like Christmas and then like through the Christmas season. And so they're going to post all of them and drop each episode daily for like a week. And so yeah. I'm actually a little excited because I, I see some of the storylines you're going with. I'm like, you know, this isn't, I, we gave it crap the first season because like, oh, this is not connected. And how does it fit in Canon? But to now be like, We've had too much of canon and I kind of yeah. just want like my own individual story that stands aside from the movies and just kind of see, yeah. let them have fun with it. So I'm yeah. a little excited to see how that goes. Yeah. It's like I said, I, I can't really speak to it. I haven't really done any Marvel and the only other Disney plus show that I've done was what we talked about last time, which was the Santa Clauses, which we are, we already talked about that, which we did. Okay. It was okay. It was, it was fine. According to Elijah, it's so great. Yeah. Honestly, okay, if you haven't listened to that that episode because you're like I don't watch the Santa Clauses, why would I watch listen to that episode? Listen to it, not because it's so it, it's a funny episode for everything else. Elijah is one of my favorite guests, not just because he's my son, but because everyone else kind of like plays along with the formula we have set up because they're like, oh, we're guests on this show. We're going to just go along with it. Elijah's like, nope, I'm a monkey wrench. I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm going to take the conversation wherever I want it to go. And you have no idea what's coming whenever he's a guest on the show. So we'll have to bring him back for even, we might even bring him back for something as like, you've never seen this show. You're just here to just make us keep us on our toes here. Um, the only final Disney plus show that I think is actually my favorite Disney plus show of the year. I uh, know Mandalorian season three, second favorite was I actually liked the goosebumps show that they did this I year. I didn't, they did a Goosebumps show? I'm so out of the loop. They did. It's got Justin Long in it, who, as you can guess, is the best part of this show. Um, yeah, I like so I, I like what they do story-wise. I think the story that they come up with, because they take different elements from different Goosebumps books, and they put them together in this, in this world. And so it's not like they're just doing each book as an anthology. It's like all of these different books that you might've been familiar with as a kid, if you read goosebumps or as an adult, if you still do for some reason, um, that there's these references that you're like, Oh, I get that. But it's not like these are new characters every single episode. It's the same yeah. characters. And so the, my biggest complaint about the show is that the dialogue felt like it was written by an AI, uh, especially the teen dialogue, because the teen dialogue, there's a lot of this, like, this isn't how teens talk. And, what I've noticed from Disney plus shows specifically, but other shows too, Disney plus shows will tend to write their teenagers like a Twitter feed or an X feed, I guess now where it's like, they have to say so like they're the political thing that they're leaning towards of like, uh, you know, at the, one of the first lines of one of these kids is like, don't you know, we live in a cashless society. And I'm like, 
kids, teens don't talk like that. Not even no. ironically. Like no. the the amount of just like, let me throw in a virtue signal here and like, oh, so much for female empowerment. I'm like, what? Why? Why bring that up there? That's not even a good joke. So the AI, I, I am certain it's an AI writing some of this crap because it's like, this isn't how normal people talk. But the story itself was really intriguing. So that's my yeah. plug for Goosebumps. And maybe if you watch it, you can agree or disagree and let me know. I, I can see a bunch of those things like, you know, this wrote a, like coder is written by people who don't do code or women written by men, like yeah. people who written written by people who don't know that the subject material. Exactly. It's like, you clearly don't spend any time around teenagers no. <laughs> at all. <laughs> so, all right. So that's Disney plus let's talk about a show that you have actually seen. You probably haven't seen this current season, but I just wanted to kick it to cable for a moment to talk about right. ABC and the ending of a show that I watched for years and then stopped watching that you just recently got into and Goldberg's ended this yep. year. Did you watch the I'm, final season? I'm close to it. I'm in, I just started season nine. Okay. I just got to uh, where uh, George Siegel's character Pops died uh, off and on screen and uh, Jeff and Erica are engaged. So I'm, I'm near the end. And I, I, I'll, I was going to talk just briefly because I do want to do a full episode on the Goldbergs. We can talk yep. about it. It's, it is a, a good show. It is. It's it's one of those shows that needed to have less seasons than it did because we got yeah. wise to its formula really early on. And there was enough nostalgia to keep us like coming back. But at a certain point, it's like, okay, now I'm I'm just, I'm done. I'm already past the jump, jump the shark point. It's not nearly yeah. as good as it was in the early seasons now. Absolutely. And I, and I know, and I know that we're going to get into the whole, and I'll have to, I'll have more talk about this once I've seen those episodes, the post Jeff Garland episodes, which will be interesting. Yeah, I um, I I know that he had a apparently he was not a good guy off screen, which is sad because I always like Jeff Garland and the stuff that he's popped up in. He's funny on the show. Yeah, he is. He's a great character, and just kind of sucks that when someone you know sucks, you know, like Jonathan Majors, stop being yeah. bad. He was great in Quantum Mania. Say what you will about Ant Man Quantum Mania because it definitely had its problems, but Jonathan Majors acting in it was phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm I'm holding back on my uh, wanting to talk about the Goldbergs. One thing is interesting. You think about all these episodes, you know, just like any sitcom, you're like, that would never happen. But then it always cuts to the end of like Adam Goldberg's <laughs> real life. It's like, oh, that did actually happen. <laughs> it's it's really funny too when like they'll have episodes where it's like, this is like they keep driving home in the narration, I know they're in character, but it's trying to wink, wink at the audience, be like, guys, this is really what happened. This is right out of there. So it was like the, the one with the, the haunted painting. Do you remember that yeah. episode? And they yeah. kept like going out of their way to be like, we can't un explain this at all. This is what happened. Blah, blah, blah. And then like at the very end, they're like, yeah, this is, we still have no answers to this day of what's going on with this painting. Yeah. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch any cable shows this year. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, yeah, I brought that up just because I felt like it was important to highlight that it ended. Um, but yeah, I didn't watch that. Let let's go to something else. Like, hmm, I'm looking at the the ones that I've got, and I think I've got like one really good show. Per oh, let's go to Netflix because I don't have like a really really good show. Um, but I've got one that we watched and we talked about this year. They had that '90s show. And oh yeah, so, that, I, I watched more this year than I thought. That '90s <laughs> show, it was okay for nostalgia. It probably could have just been like one TV special. Yeah, 
I don't think it needed a second season. I I didn't hate it. Has the second season come out, or did they just announce it? Wait, they're they're making another season of that? Are they? I thought it was canceled. Oh, you said second season. Did they only had the I one? Thought, I right? said. I said. I'm saying. I said it didn't need a second season. Oh, okay. It's okay. They didn't have one. Gotcha. Because because uh, How I Met Your Father has a second season, and that didn't need one. Even no, though, like, the second you'd have no idea who the father was. Like, the first and second season was both terrible. And I'm like, this is just I not saw funny. the cl- I saw the clip online of Hillary Duff meeting Barney, and it's like, I don't know. I like Hillary Duff, just not in this. Yeah. They tried to recapture the formula, and it didn't work. Exactly. And that's, that's what happened with that 90s show. They tried to recapture the formula, but they didn't do enough of what I liked about that 70s show. And it was like five episodes in or six episodes in before they took these characters and put them in like a daydream type sequence of like, hey, look, it's Beverly Hills 90210. But instead, it's with these characters that you know on that yeah. 90s show. I think they needed to do more of that because that 70s show did a lot of that. And that was really yeah. funny. I remember the Star Wars one they did, the, the imagination. I like that a lot. Yeah, I agree. Um, but one that I liked, and I'm, I'm highlighting this. I haven't completely finished it yet. But um, when a couple years ago, the Korean show Squid Game was taking the country oh, yeah, by storm. The game show now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they did a game show version of it. Now, I've heard some behind the scenes stuff like that. They got the show got sued because like people got hurt on it and stuff like that. And I don't think that the lawsuit's going to go in their way. Cause I'm sure they had to sign every single waiver you can imagine. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, what do you expect? The whole point of this show, the, yeah. the actual show that you're based on, these people died. This isn't going to be like the safest thing you can imagine. No, not by a long shot. I didn't watch it, but I'm like, it's just, I would feel eerie going on that show. Yeah. I, I liked it though. I, I didn't finish it. I'm still partway through. So I'm like, I'm not, I'm not like giving up on it. I just haven't gotten to the end and I like what I've seen so far. And I really enjoy the survivor esque quality of it while also doing like a nostalgia callback. It's not nostalgia cause it was only three years yeah. old, but like doing the callback to the show that we liked or that we watched, whether whatever. And so you're like, Oh, I recognize that. Or oh, I remember that game. Oh, I want to see how these real people deal with this real game when it's not staged and faked. So yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. Two shows that I watch on Netflix that aren't new. They're new to me. Cause I watched them was sweet tooth, which was about, Kind of like a, a virus where like at one point, the one thing is there's this crazy virus going around that'll kill people. And it's like a pandemic kind of thing. At the same time, these hybrid people are being born. Like kids were being born. where like, they're like this, the main character. He's part deer. He's a kid who got deer antlers. And there's like okay. an elephant kid and a pig girl. And it's just kind of became like a post-apocalyptic, but also save the, the animal kids. And it was good. My two did seasons is getting a third. Did you, you watch both seasons? Yes. Season two came out in 2023. Boom. There we go. New season. Yeah. <laughs> Look at you. And yeah. And then I also watched Manifest. Um, I haven't quite finished yet, but that was the whole where a, a plane somehow goes in like a wormhole and they were gone for half an hour, like gone for like an hour, but they can't come back. And it's five years later and their families have moved on. And there's like, it's kind of like lost esque with the, its mysteries. Um, yeah. I watched uh, like the first, I think the first season of it. And it hooked me enough to make it through a season, but didn't hook me enough to come back to it or to like pay a lot of attention for when the second season came up or whatever. Oh, I like it. Then there's, there's more interesting stuff that came back. Like there were some other mystery, these mysteries where this one guy was dead for like a couple days and came back from like a, the river. 
And then he mm-hmm. ended up dying exactly for the amount of time he was gone. He died that much time later. So they figured we were gone for five years and like they have like their death date. And now everyone's trying to figure out how to escape the death date within five years Ooh. or else they think everyone on the plane is going to die. That, that plot point is similar to, if you ever watch flash forward, no, that was on for a year. That was kind of trying to be lost where it's like the entire world jumped to a point, like almost a year in the future. And they lived out that point for like 20 seconds. And then they all were back in their bodies. And so everyone saw a glimpse of what the future looks like, but the people who didn't get a glimpse, they're like, Oh, they must have died. And so there's actually like this whole like group that comes out of it where there's like, where the blue hand group or something like that. We're like, we're all just dead. And so we don't know when we're going to die, but we're going to die within the next nine months or whatever. So might as well enjoy life now. So it was a really interesting uh, show. However, one of the characters, uh, the, I can't remember what the actor's name who played the famous Jet Jackson on that Disney show. Do you remember? I remember his name. Yeah. I I remember he looks like, I don't remember his name. In this TV show, he kills himself to save someone else. And then in real life, the actor killed himself like a year later. So that's, that's always creepy. It is. And it's like, uh, I I get that the show, like it was trying to paint it as this heroic act. I really hope that just in getting into that, that mind space, it didn't, you didn't convince yourself of something like that either. No. Um, so with manifest you watched all of the because it was on nbc for three seasons and then kind of did like a double on netflix yeah i'm, I'm in the, i'm in the last season so i haven't seen how it ends yet so i can't say that but i'm and excited that came out in 2023 too so boom all right i, I probably i did watch a lot of 2023 <laughs> shows you i don't have selling yourself short i don't have anything else for netflix unless you count Grey's anatomy which i'm still slowly watching i'm almost on season five of 20 well, we can jump to um, Apple Plus because um, I believe oh, wait, Ted Lasso, another one. Right? Yeah, I believe that was this year. Twenty twenty three was the final yeah. season of that, which we also did an episode on. And Ted Lasso was is a good show, but I think it ended when it needed to. Yeah, I think it ended a season late because I didn't like season three, I, and I I don't know if I would have been able to come back for a season four because just season three threw out all of this goodwill of seasons one and two, and it just it hurt my heart. Yeah, it wasn't the best. It was kind of clunky. They 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 dropped storylines or didn't do things as much. Like Sam's restaurant was barely featured, and it seemed like it was building up to be a big thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we talked about that in our episode, so you can always feel free to jump back and, and listen to that if you want a little bit more Ted Lasso. Um, but I'll talk about this other show, and I did bring it up at certain points, but I, we never really talked long about it. But did you ever watch Shrinking with Jason Siegel and uh, Harrison Ford? Harrison Harrison Ford. No, I, I wanted to. It looked good. I never got around to it. There is some charm to it, um, especially Harrison Ford. Like Harrison Ford can phone it in in shows because like he's just got the personality. He's like, I'm just going to be me and I'm not going to try acting. But in this, he enjoyed, I think, the script and he gave his character some oomph. And so, like, there were some really funny stuff from Harrison Ford. And I really enjoy seeing Harrison Ford doing comedic stuff. So that was yeah. that was the best part of it for me. The part I didn't like is there is this um, – there. I, I hate these shows where it's like there's teenagers that are entitled and bratty, but no one ever calls them out on it. And oh, so <laughs> Jason Siegel's daughter had, like, kind of this entitlement sort of thing and he's just like oh yeah that was me it was my fault i'm like yeah well 
sure it was his fault because of how the story is progressing. He was in his own feelings and couldn't raise his daughter at all. So yeah, there was a point of that, but it's like, he's so scared of his daughter. I'm like, uh, parents shouldn't be scared of their teenagers. They need no. to be setting an example. They need to be walking alongside of them and they need to call them on their crap when they have crap. So I didn't like that side of it. I wouldn't either. That, that, that would just boil me. Yeah. Uh, and there's, there's the other, uh, another one that like did this really poorly too. Um, the last thing he told me was Jennifer Garner. I don't know if it was that, that was this year or if it's 2022, but it was recent years. Um, and it was the same thing, the daughter and that, and the, sure it's Jennifer Garner's stepdaughter, but she was that same way. No one called her on it. I'm like, stop enabling. Um, final thing though, for Apple plus that I would actually suggest for people, I'm not a Godzilla fan. But I really like this new show, Monarch, and that came okay. out this last month, and it's it's picking up. I know nothing about Monarch, so it's picking up after. If you saw any of the Godzillas of the recent years with like Brian Cranston or the Godzilla Kings and Monsters or the Kong Skull Island or Godzilla vs Kong, all of those are a shared universe. This is the TV show following in that shared universe. So there are a couple references, like it. The very beginning of it opens with John Goodman's character from Skull Island. And so John Goodman makes a cameo in the first episode. Cool. And uh, it kind of goes back to the 70s where that took place. Um, but it's it's good in the fact that it's not making you have to know everything that happened. It'll reference be like, oh, this attack in San Francisco. Like, okay, yeah, that happened in the movie, but we did you know, we're seeing it now from one of the survivors who has PTSD from that. So it's really good. Plus it has the added benefit of Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell, um, who are father and son, but they're playing the same character at different ages. So Wyatt is, is Kurt Russell's character back in the seventies or sixties or whatever. And, um, hmm. Kurt Russell is modern day version of that character. That's cool. Yeah. Unique use of nepotism. I, I do I do like that when you get the actual person. Like it would have been cool in twenty four if Donald Donald Sutherland played Jack's dad, even though that whole family dynamic was dumb. Yeah. Stupid family dynamic. Yeah. I didn't have anything to say there, so I just threw out that's, one liner. That's fine. I, I Simpsons did. It's all good. You know, Brian, you're really making me upset with the lack of shows you've watched. I'm gonna make it so you sound like you're at the end of a tunnel. <laughs> Wow. It, it's like I'm actually in a tunnel. <laughs> you took a really long time just to respond to that. You're just like, what What do I say to this? I told you, I'm not a good improviser. <laughs> the, the concept of the joke was to be able to hear the difference right away. So the silence yeah. that we had. <laughs> no, it's uh, fine. Maybe, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, um... All, all joking aside, for all you guys out there, we uh, had to kind of split this up into two parts just because of our schedules. But um, we're giving you one episode because you know what? You deserve it. All right. Yeah. It's a new year. It's a brand new day. And the sun is high. All the, no, never mind. Uh, that just. <laughs> you, okay. I don't know if that gave me like a flashback all of a sudden of um, the Dr. Horrible sing along blog. I just started going into the lyrics of that. Like they're embedded deep in my subconscious before I realized what I was doing. So if you remember what that was like, that's the show for you. I was always aware of the Dr. Horrible sing-along blog. I think I've seen part of one song, but that's it. So I don't get like, if it's just generic references, I know it's Neil Patrick Harris singing, but beyond that, I don't get the references. 
it's like a three-parter and total of like 30 to 45 minutes. But I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was basically an excuse for him to sing, which is, I'm, not, I'm not blaming. He's a good singer. It was also an excuse for Joss Whedon to be like, um, I know we've got the writer's strike, but here's some, still some entertainment. Ta-da. Was that all the way back to the writer's strike? It was. It actually uh, was written during the writer's strike by Wait. Joss. So, but how did he, wasn't that also part of the strike then? Because he's part of the WGA. Is he? I, I didn't know. I, I figured so. at the time he just was like, what I, you know, now <laughs> that sort of a move wouldn't fly because like even someone dressing up as something at a party for was like against the SAG rules. And like, people were like, why did you dress up like this for Halloween? It's like, dude, get off of them. They can still have solidarity with the picket line <laughs> and still dress up in that. Cause it's been interesting. So like I said, I keep bringing it up because I listen to it, but I listen to the, the pod meets world podcast. Um, they, 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 they got the go, they got the green light to go ahead during the strike, but they weren't allowed to have any guests on who were part of the actors union. So that's why they first stretched this whole past month. They're like, here's a guest. It's Ryder Strong's parents. And like they had all their parents on <laughs> and people who were not, and like some crew members who were not stars of the show. And they kept saying like, yeah, once it's over, we want to have some of these actors, these guest stars you've been seeing on the show. We want to have them on, but we can't now. So now that they can, I think they're going to try to go back and get some of these guest stars from the episodes we've been seeing. Nice. That's, that's, that's a funny way around that. And yeah. here's my mom and dad. Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Yeah. They've had all three of their parents on the show. Um, well, we're jump, we'll jump back into, into this because we were in the middle of talking about um, our shows from 2023 that were great. And uh, we had kind of gone through a couple different streaming services and we started getting a little rushed at the end and, and yeah. we didn't like drop too much of like, like we didn't cut too much time off of it. But the one that I definitely rushed through that I just want to take only like one more minute on was talking sure. about Star Trek on Paramount Plus and Star okay. Trek Strange New Worlds. And it's really funny that this show. So as I've said before to you that it's like it's a great show to jump in on to see if the greater Star Trek universe is for you because yeah. it's very accessible for newer viewers. It's got like a young version of Spock, a young Kirk, young Uhura. And so like you're like, oh, maybe I've heard of some of these guys before, but these are brand new actors playing them, brand new storylines. But then it also is able to pull off some of these like these tropes that you see, but they do it in like a believable sci-fi way. You're like, I can't believe that you're going that route for an episode. This season yeah. had a musical episode and last season had a body swap episode. <laughs> so it's like, this shouldn't work with the tone you strike in other episodes, but somehow you manage it. So I like tropes. Like that. I think my thing with Star Trek, and I've said this before is like, I, I have a feeling I would like it, but you know, like when you wait too long to get into a franchise and then there's just so much to get into Like you tell yeah. me a show, it's got 10 episodes. Sure. I can watch that in like a month or two. There's like 60 years worth of star Trek. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's, and that's why I haven't jumped into it by now. Yeah. And that's a, that's an undertaking. Like I've started a doctor who, but I'm not going to go back to the Doctor Who of the 60s. I'm going to start. I started with the Christopher Eccleston ones that are part of the, I think, official reboot is how they're referring to it, um, which that was still like 20 some years ago. So even yeah. then, I've got a lot <laughs> to catch up with under my belt. But I mean, that's yeah. 
different than 60 years ago versus 20. Also, so talking about Paramount Plus and an undertaking, it's a perfect segue. Matt, you sent me like probably the, one of the best texts you could ever send me a while back when you said, how about we do an episode about Survivor season one? Because you're starting Survivor. I'm not sure how far you're going to go, but you said season one, you're talking about going into season two. That's my jam. I love Survivor, especially early years Survivor. So it's like, as soon as you said anything Survivor, I'm all in on. So I'm excited to see your thoughts on that. So we'll have that. We'll probably actually have an episode about that in January. I think we could easily throw that together that fast. I'm yeah. I'm not yet completely done with season one. I remember who wins, and I remember yeah. a little bit, but I'm I'm almost done with it. So I'll just have two episodes left to finish it up. I rewatched season one a couple of years ago, so it's, it's fresh enough. And I'd say anything in the first like 20 seasons, I could probably do with very little prep. But it's kind of similar to <laughs> the, the first 20 seasons. After that, after season 47, it really falls off. Well, that's a, I mean, there are good, good ones. There are some really good ones after that. But I mean, in the main, I really love early Survivor. But it's kind of yeah. the similar reasons why I didn't go too far into some of my thoughts on the Goldbergs. We talked about me getting into that show. is because I want to save my thoughts for when we do that episode. Just like kind of want to save your thoughts on survivor when we do that episode i'm really glad that i made your life with just one text yeah because no one i don't have anyone to talk survivor with well now you do uh whether we have an audience or not that remains to be seen but we're gonna try it yeah all right well we were in the middle of talking about hulu shows and i believe we correct me if i'm wrong because like the last one i know that we talked about was futurama yeah. But I think we talked about the bear. Is that the one that you said that I need to watch, or was it? Yes. Or was it Iron something? Uh, it was Iron something. No, it was the bear. The bear. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So watch that. We're gonna talk about it sometime this year. That yeah, is. Remember, I, I told you when I finish Goldberg's, I'll go into the bear. And I'm in season. I'm in the second to last season of Goldberg, so it's not too too far off. I don't often force Brian to watch something. But I think I've got to pull rank here, and I, I don't even think I outrank you. But I've got to pull that card and what, try what and you get you. <laughs> I don't know. It's the opposite problem with you, Matt. I say we're going to do a show. I, I, I even tell you, like with Gilmore Girls with the Goldbergs, you don't have to rewatch the entire thing. And you're like, no, I'm going to watch the entire thing. <laughs> I did. You're like, let's watch that '70s show, and I'm like, well, it's been a while since I've seen it. Might as well watch all of them. Yeah. And then it hurt my heart a little bit. It's not a bad show, but it's not a binge-worthy show. No, like I like the, that '70s show because I would watch a couple episodes after school every day from when I was in high school. So I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump back here with with Hulu, um, and a show that I've started that has a recent season that came out. This isn't I don't I shouldn't even bring it up because I have only watched through the first two seasons. But I really yeah. like the show Fargo. Um, apparently the recent season, not the one that just came out, but the one before that with Chris Rock was a bit of a disappointment, but then that this one with Juno Temple and John Hamm is really getting good reviews. So I'm excited to see them return to form, even though I haven't seen them drop off from form because I'm only on season two of it. Yeah. But, but that came out the one I did watch though. There's two other shows, uh, one that I did watch and these are technically the Fargo is technically an FX show, but still it comes to Hulu anyway. They're, the same parent company. Um, But another FX show that's Hulu is what we do in the shadows. And that show has been steadily going downhill because 
it's it's another one of these Taika Waititi type shows because I mean he was in the movie that is based off of, and I think he's an executive producer. Yeah. Um, but it's it leans so much into the absurdity that it's like you're kind of losing the whole idea of vampires in modern day is an absurd concept, absolutely. But it's just like it's they're also like overtly sexual, and they have been since the beginning. And now it's just like half of it is sex jokes. And I'm like, okay, that's not specifically what I signed up for. And also, I think you're just running out of steam on story arcs. So this season yeah. wasn't as good. I, I can't speak to that show, but like about sex jokes, it really depends on the tone and like how explicit and if it matches everything. Yeah. You know, it's just it's like, like in Gilmore Girls, since we just mentioned that. With with Miss Patty always making like vague jokes, like "Ooh, I could take a bite out of him" or something. They're always like, vague enough; they're not explicit, and it just kind of fits with her personality. Like I'm okay with that. Yeah. But sometimes when they're very like explicit, and it's like it came out of nowhere, like that's when it kind of gets kind of gets weird. Yeah, and we'll make our own fair share of references to The Office and using that's what she said a number of times. We've done that on our show, and we still consider yeah. our show family friendly. But this. Yeah, what we do in the shadows really leans hard into that kind of humor. And it's unfortunate because I like Matthew Barry and yeah. they kind of make him just like they make him like a quagmire type character. And like, sure, it's in line with his character so, that he's always been kind of that way, but they just let it devolve. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know if you ever went back and watched more of the IT crowd with Matt, with Matt Barry, but his character there was always kind of a sleazebag pervert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he, he leans himself to yeah, that yeah. <laughs> that character type. Unfortunately, yeah. they took it off of Netflix, and now it's just on like a, a British streaming service. I'm like, I don't like British TV that much to want to subscribe to that just to watch IT Crowd. What, what's up, what's up, Netflix? Oh, I- yeah, IT Crowd. And then the other Hulu show that... I liked this season was a little bit better. This it's in its third season now, and they just had it this summer. Was just only murders in the building with uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short and um, Selena Gomez. And uh, this Which season, I, I, like, I haven't seen. I haven't seen, but I like. I really like those guys. You can't really go wrong with with Steve Martin. I mean, Martin Short is kind of hit and miss sometimes. Sometimes he can be a lot, but I I know I would like it. Yeah, there's. Be- because of the talent of those two together, I expect more than what I get. It's not yet bad, but there's definitely it could be better. And it, but however, the the storyline of season three was actually a solid storyline. The storyline of season two, the mystery of it, I didn't like as much. Um, the humor of season one was was really good, and then it hasn't really matched that level since since season one. Um, but season three w- was, was fine. I, it does feel like a little bit of a wasted opportunity. You had Paul Rudd and his, just what they did with his character was kind of wasting Paul Rudd. And so I wish I could have like, liked him more because Paul Rudd's just naturally hilarious and he yeah. wasn't that hilarious in this season. Um, they had Meryl Streep, which was a, a good addition and her character was really strong. Um, so I, I liked this season for the story but I just wish the characters are just a little more engaging than they were. Yeah. 
I, I get that. So is it is it like a jump the shark, or do you think it's like a dip? Because some some shows will have a bad season or a dip season, and they'll come right back up with it. See, that's the thing is that like I'm very I was intrigued with the story because I it took some turns that I really appreciated, but I just think that they forgot what is actually funny. I feel like it, I don't know how to explain it, but it does feel like even humor has changed even since 2020. And it's like because so much stuff changed in 2020, it also feels like humor has not been quite as funny. I I don't know how to explain it. I don't know if I'm just hallucinating, but it feels like that it's been kind of a casualty of just a changed humor landscape. I don't know. I kind of see that. Like, you know, part of the reason I don't really watch much TV anymore besides, I mean, you really got to go to the streaming services because cable TV shows, I know you talked about some, it's like, oh, we're having more seasons of The Neighborhood and Big Bang Theory or Young Sheldon, same thing. And it's just, those are just kind of, I watched both of those shows for a while, but they're just kind of bland. You get the same jokes every time. Yeah, exactly. Now, there was a really funny show that's a reality show, and the, that's probably why it was so funny is because, <laughs> like, you can't script for a real person. Did you ever hear anything or watch Jury Duty? No. I so don't Jury... mean the episode of The Office called Jury Duty. I don't mean that. No, I remember. I'm. Um, there was a reality show this year that took a, a person, and they told him that they were like doing a documentary about the behind the scenes of what goes through the heads of like people on a jury. But what he didn't realize is that everyone, including the defendant and the judge and the prosecutor and all the other jurors were all in on it. And so he was the only one that didn't know that this was all staged. So it's his reaction to an absurd trial. They actually even have James Marsden on it and, and he's playing himself. So he's like play catering to the like, I'm a celebrity sort of acting type. And so like he tries to get out of jury duty by acting like he's, he's a celebrity and his time is so much value, so much more valuable. But then like him being on the show is actually a detriment to the case. Cause paparazzi show up and he's like, Oh, that was my fault. And it like makes it more frustrating for the jurors. And so, and it's actually like the scripting that they do of it is, is solid and funny. But this guy seems to be like such a good natured person that he's actually rising to the occasion of trying to hold all of this crazy together. He's he's the Michael Bluth of all of this, except for he's actually a, a smarter, solid person who seems to have good character. And so it's really funny to see him want the best for everything that's happening and for them to do their job well and to give people the benefit of the doubt and the, him going along with stuff. It's like they couldn't have gotten a better guy and it made that show work really well. Sorry, I, I missed the last thing you said. I was I was answering a work text. So say, say the last sentence again. Uh, it just, Sorry. like, it, it ended up because of the nature of who he was, it made the the casting it made the show work really well okay yeah i can see that there, there are other shows that have had that kind of thing where the it's, it's all comes down to casting yeah and, and i pivoted away from we were talking about hulu and i pivoted to prime video this is a uh show on amazon prime so if you've got prime video this is on there this is this is I one of no the prime video you've got nothing 
Well, any of you guys, this for me is like one of my top five of the of the year. It was a really refreshing out of the blue. Didn't expect it. And I ended up enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I haven't had Prime Video in like a long time. So I seriously, I guess what a complete blind spot for me. That's okay. Did you ever watch any, because you were a fan of Amy Sherman Palladino, did you ever watch any of uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel? No, I've heard good things. And cause also I know that between that and I've also, like her, after Gilmore Girl, she had Bunheads and then also Mary Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I've heard there's a lot of actors who were in all three of them because she likes to reuse people she likes. Yeah, if Alex Borstein. I'd be like, hey, look, it's that person. Uh, Alex Borstein, yeah. Is yeah. Good. And, and Marvel's Miss Maisel is good. Um, I didn't get to the newest season. I just wanted to highlight it because it ended its run this year. But I'm still liking season three. <laughs> Man, I've got so many shows. I'm like, I'm, I'm partway through. Um, so yeah. anyone out there, if you watch it, you're like, yeah, it ended really strong. Let us know if you like, oh, it sucked at the end. Then that's fair, too. But yeah. I just want to give it a shout out. Mm-hmm. And then the final Prime show that it's actually still going right now. Maybe by the time this comes out, it'll have finished its season. But um, in December, debuted the second season of Reacher. And I really liked the first season. I also liked the first movie with uh, Tom Cruise, Jack Reacher. Um, but this this second season... So the first season, what worked really well is, if you don't know the story, Jack Reacher is like a tank of a guy. He, he looks like The Rock, you know? And he is like a wanderer. He... Like he only has one pair of clothes and then he goes to a thrift store and he'll buy a second pair and then leave and he'll donate the clothes he was wearing back to that thrift store. And like, he doesn't have a phone. He doesn't have an internet presence, etc. He's just a wanderer from town to town, but he's a genius. He's a really smart guy. And like when conspiracies or mysteries or whatever happen around him, he's able to piece together issues pretty quickly and so the first season was him doing that in a small town and all these civilians not really knowing who he was because he was a mil- he was like a military pr- police special investigator sort of guy. So not realizing how well he knew his crap. But this season, there's a lot more of like him going back with his old unit that he worked with. And so the dynamic is a little different. It's not quite as strong because it, it is a lot more fun to see these civilians not really know what they're getting into with him versus all these military comrades who are kind of alongside the the battle with him. I think it makes for more interesting TV for him to be a little more fish out of water than he is this season. This is the last streaming service I've got on Peacock. It's similar to Reacher in terms of like someone who is really good at solving something, but it's, it's a nice mystery that came out almost a year ago back in like January of 2023 and uh, you probably have heard of it it's called poker face and so it features natasha lyon she is and the the writer of this show and producer of it is ryan johnson who did like the knives out and the glass onion movies he also did like star wars last jedi and what was that name again ryan johnson no the other other name oh natasha lyon i i know that name but i can't place her What, what else would i have known her from that's a good question because she was in this. I'm like, they're act- acting like she's a... Uh... Okay, so she was on Orange is the New Black. I never watched that one. I, if I would, yeah, if I would, when I'm able to, I'll look up a picture of her. So I just, I could go ahead. I, I just was trying to get a face. She has movie. a, she has a smoker's voice. 
if that helps. Oh, she was on New Girl. Why was, why was she on New Girl? Well, now I got to figure this out. New Girl, Natasha. I got to figure that out. Gretchen Nelson on New Girl. I don't remember Gretchen. I don't know New Girl the way I know, like, the officer friends. I've Gretchen all the way through maybe once is an acquaintance of Schmidt's. Although he states he cannot stand her, he ends up sleeping with her at every wedding the two attend. Oh, I, I can't place her, but I remember that character. Um, oh, you would maybe know her from the old Navy commercials. She's the spokesperson for her currently. Okay. Oh, yeah. When she's like, that's all, yeah, it's great. Oh, wow. Wow. Yep. It's her. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Look at me looking up all this stuff when really it's just commercials. <laughs> <laughs> but in, in true Ryan Johnson fashion, um, he he likes to do these mysteries, but he likes to also like give these qualities that are very Hollywood to his protagonist or someone in these mysteries. So she plays a character who inis- inexplicably can always, always tell when someone's lying. They just have like this innate sense that she knows for sure they're lying if they tell a lie. And so she's a little bit of a vagabond too, um, moving from place to place. She's partially homeless like Jack Reacher, but she's not built like a tank. So she just has to kind of rely on her wits and her piecing together things of knowing when people are lying. And it actually makes for a really intriguing uh, mystery series. And it's packed full of of talent. You know, there's an episode with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There's an episode with... Um, uh, why am I blanking on a bunch of different names? There's there's a lot of people who are in it. Um, Benjamin uh, Bratt, Ron Perlman, um, Adrian Brody. So she's got she's surrounded with different cast of like really strong actors in every single episode, and it always takes place in like a new spot. So and what's really funny too about this show is that like once you get to a certain point of it, you realize. The first, like, the cold open tends to be, like, five to ten minutes, sometimes even longer. And maybe even, like, 20 minutes sometimes. And she's not even in the episode at all. And it's just showing you what actually happened so that you have the <laughs> the context of what's going on. And then somehow it'll snap to, oh, by the way, here she is. And then it kind of, like, rewinds back to the beginning and, like, what she was doing during that time frame and how she comes to find out. It's just a unique storytelling method, but it, it worked really, really well, and I liked it a lot. Anyway, I said, is it, a, is it a mystery where we as the audience are also figuring it out, or is it one where we know what happens and we're watching them figure it out? It's, it's typically we know what happens and we're watching them figure it out. Every now and then they'll pull the rug out on you of, like, just when you think you've got it figured out, sometimes they'll introduce a different element that, they didn't show you. So 90% of the episodes are, you know who the murderer is right away. Okay. That's cool. It's yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like at 24, we didn't know spoiler alert from 20 years ago that Nina was the bad guy until like maybe like this three or four episodes from the end. And then that last three or four episodes, that's when we were in on the internet and Jack didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, so it's so far it's got one season. I think they've greenlit a second season, but um, it, it's a pretty easy to binge show. So I mean, if you get a chance sometime this year, take a take a watch. It's really good. Yeah. You know, Matt, if we were doing this podcast ten years ago, 
that was when I was working badging at Mall of America and I was sitting at a desk where I could watch TV while I worked all day like you and I could have been on top of all this. <laughs> I, I feel some jealousy coming through the, the video I, here. I like my job a lot. I just missed that part of it. Yeah. I don't know what you were doing 10 years ago. What was I doing 10 years ago? Oh, I was uh, being a youth pastor. So, I mean, pretty much the same thing. I just sit around all day in the office watching shit. No, I did I did godly things. I got paid to host <laughs> pizza parties. So. You did godly things. <laughs> now, I'm just nothing but ungodly stuff. No. <laughs> The final show I'm going to throw out, and then you can add your thoughts too as we we close out here. Uh, this sure. is also on Peacock, and it was fine. I I had low expectations, and it didn't exceed it too much, but it still exceeded it a little bit. But it was a solid show. But uh, the TV show Twisted Metal, they had that. That was based on that uh, PlayStation franchise. I'm sure they're still making games for it, but I don't know when the last one was that they did. Um, but that's an over 20 years ago thing. And Twisted Metal was solid. The The characters of Anthony uh, Anthony Mackie's character and Stephanie Beatriz's was, was fine. Um, okay. I was more invested in, like, even though he's a bad guy, I was really invested in Thomas Hayden Church, like his, his storyline and what he was doing. You've got Will Arnett voicing Sweet Tooth, and that was a... <laughs> That was a choice too, and he ends up being a little, like a goofball of a character, even though he's like psychotic. Um, but it was it wasn't bad. They it has a lot of needle drops because like the whole idea is that back in like two thousand one or something like that, the internet shuts down and it causes the world to devolve into chaos. So they've been in like this apocalypse for twenty some years, and so it has all these needle drops from like early two thousands. So at one time, I just you wouldn't have expected a, a scene to feature Anthony Mackie singing with Will Arnett as Sweet Tooth, the thong song together and bonding over that. So, I mean, it's just stuff like that, that you're like this, no one anticipated this going into the show. Yeah. No, I agree. And that, that's the thing great. I love when you can say that, out of out of context, like Will Will Arnett and the Falcon are singing the thong song. <laughs> <laughs> they are just makes that's you, true. Makes you think. It yeah. does. It does make you think, and you wonder: Should I be watching this with all of my time in a day, or should I be watching more um, godly things like Survivor? Yeah, uh, or like I remember back when um, youth pastors were dumb enough to do youth walk-ins for New Year's. We watched on the big screen of the sanctuary. We watched Ocean's Eleven. Nice. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, in the middle of church, Elliot Gold is saying the F word. And also, Shaobi Quinn has an F word in that movie too. It's one of the few PG-13s with two F words. Really? I thought I thought PG-13 was only allowed one. Uh, it's allowed one. Um, or two, if they're not like if the F word isn't used to talk about like sex. Okay. I know it's it's weird. If it's used in that context, you only get the one. But if it's used just like because as a superlative, yeah, I don't know why. I can't don't ask me to explain it. The uh, 2006 Max masterpiece accepted <laughs> has two. 
but at the end, it's bleeped when Lewis Black says, uh, enjoy the last best four years of your life, then you're bleeped, and he bleeps it out. But I believe in both ones, it's just an expletive. I don't think either one were used in that context. I think you could make the argument. I don't know why this is where we're going with this. I think you could make the argument with Lewis's Black, what you just said, that then you're bleeped, that that is a euphemism. Instead of saying, like, Elliot Gould's in Ocean's Eleven, you're still in the middle of the effing desert. Like, that's that is the expletive. Yeah. It's like metaphorical fornication, not actually... (laughs) (laughs) That's the new... (laughs) Man, I should just... Okay, so when we did movies on a Monday, there was a period of time I'm like, I want to spice up our titles. And I did like out of context titles that I'm like, you'd only get if you listen to the episode. <laughs> so it would, that would, that would I be. would do what metaphorical set. What was it that you said? <laughs> the phrase you just said, I metaphorical, said metaphorical fornication. <laughs> metaphorical fornication. That's the one. <laughs> That's what we would name this episode, if we could. Backing up a little bit, since we kind of rushed through it, we said The Muppets Mayhem. Like I said, there are things I didn't like about it. Like, I didn't like the fact that they made Lips a mumbler. And I didn't like the fact that they made Janice so, like, hippie, spiritual, is literally allergic to lying. Yeah. that's, That's not classic Janice. She was the, like, the valley girl. We were like, oh, wow, like really for sure like that that was her and they always had a little bit of hippie to it they just took it to an extreme level with exactly but as a group i thought it was fun to explore them as a whole and i still think that another season would have been cool i would have liked that but i'm not really having hope for a lot of more a lot more muppet stuff because it was the perfect blend of you had surface stuff and a lot of new new information but also hiding details in for the super fans like me. Like when, in the, remember the flashback where Dr. Teeth finds Floyd in the music shop? Yeah. Um, it, was la- it was labeled as Jerry's Music st- Shop established 1934. Reference to Floyd's original performer, Jerry Nelson, who was born in 1934. Nice. I was going to say, when you said Jerry's like, oh, that's got to be Jerry Nelson. Oh, I didn't think of birth date though. Well, and I, I didn't catch the birthday until I listened to a Muppet fan podcast from people who are who are to Muppets, like you to me, to me to them kind of deal. <laughs> you, me, me, you, 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 me, me, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I catch a lot of Muppet references myself. Obviously, I caught the Jerry, Jerry Nelson. They, they catch every little detail. And so I listen to their podcast to like enhance my Muppet fandom. Nice. Yeah, I'll catch I'll catch some, but nowhere near the amount that you do, and definitely yeah. nowhere near what they do. Oh yeah, no, definitely do. Like they have a Muppet fan site that was started in two thousand one, and there was a terrible Muppet special came on two thousand two, not even worth watching. But at one point, Kermit asked somebody, "Do you own one of those weird Muppet fan sites?" And I guess they got confirmation that was a re- direct reference to their site that started in two thousand one. <laughs> That made it onto a Muppet special, and Nick Herman was making fun of them. That's hilarious. I remember there was a, um, what was it? I, I want to call it the Donut Theory, I think, for Lost. But Lost Message Boards, they said something about like a polar bear and roller skates at, at a certain point, and then 
uh, Sawyer says that line about a polar bear on roller skates. And so they're like, oh, let's try. And then they tried to influence the show with the theory. And like, so I th- they did something obscure. I want to say it was a donut, but they're like, if they draw attention to a donut or something like that, then that means our theories are confirmed or something ridiculous like that. There's just like, we want to influence the show. Yeah, I, I could see them only influencing minor, like, one-off jokes. I don't think they're going to influence the plot points of the show. No. Um, but the, the whole idea was, the theory was that they were making it up as they went along, which, I mean, part of it has to be true. But they yeah. also um, would, like, take from the good theories that they saw online. And so yeah. that's where they were kind of going from. Is like, we can influence it because they're taking from our theories anyway to develop their characters or something like that. And I'm like, eh, I guess. Yeah. From what I understand and what I've heard is that they had like the big benchmarks, like the, the meeting of the island and, and, the, and the flash sideways. And the, those, that big stuff they knew all along. But some of the plot lines in the middle along the way were made up as they went along because they didn't know how far the show was going to go. So they didn't want to like rush to the end especially in the early seasons when they had all those flashbacks and a lot of that was made up as they went along because they didn't want to rush ahead. And that's when they got to, Hey, let's end the show at at this point. And then they could plan out the last three seasons. We're going to hit this milestone here, this milestone here. And they could kind of have a more direct trajectory than early on. They were kind of spinning their wheels. Yeah. Here's also my like own personal canon. I feel like when they started the show that there was an idea that that island was going to be purgatory. And then it was guessed so quickly by fans that they're like, we have to pivot. And then they changed it. And and like the way that they changed it, if they did, this is again, this is all Matt. This isn't like any confirmation from any writers or anything, but if they did do that, you can see where it's like, Oh, that being a, a gateway point for like all of evil to come and it can be released from there. Of course that could make sense as a variation of what they're doing. Whereas like, if it was actually purgatory, it is the judgment place of either good or evil and deciding that. So it's like, I think that they maybe did pivot early on and create that and then kind of change things up a little. I believe that. I mean, I don't know for sure. I, I buy that. They, they def- definitely could have done that. They're definitely not going to admit that because they've been saying like, no, it's no. not purgatory. <laughs> like, what, what? And also, I mean, this is new. I didn't bring it up because since we've watched or since we've done the first part, I've watched a couple more episodes of Manifest uh-huh. and it's coming out that uh, it definitely gives you lost vibes for sure. I mean, not the fact that it's a plane and a mystery and all that kind of stuff is they're figuring out that when the plane was missing for those five years, they were like in this bright light of the divine consciousness. And it's like, that's definitely like something that loss would do. Yeah. The divine consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, I agree. I, I agree that it's nonsense and it's stupid, but I like it and it's entertaining me. So shut up. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's fair. It's like that's what Lost was like. If you, well, they're on this island, um, but it's like a magical island, and then there's like these other people there, but they're not the original other people. They killed these other other people from the '70s. This Dharma Initiative, and it's like you know, as you talk, 
my brain's turning off. But obviously, the way that they played it out in the show made a lot more sense. Oh, and then they uh, turned this frozen donkey wheel, and yeah. the whole island goes underwater, and then it goes back in the past. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and then there was a pirate ship and a polar bear. <laughs> We had a funeral for a bird. <laughs> I think it's crazy that in, in that, I mean, we're switching from Lost Office. In, in Creed's whole thing, that's the part that no one believed, and that's the part that was true. <laughs> Pretty sure none of that's real. You're not real! <laughs> but didn't Angela say that? or Because she was there. Or was it Jim? Um, Jim said, there. Pretty sure none of that, that was real, because he was in Scranton. Or he okay. was in Stanford. Oh, that's right, yeah. But Jim should know that anything's on the table with Michael around. Yeah, and Oscar was asking about it because Oscar was gone from the gay witch hunt. Oh, that's right. There, there's probably a better way to phrase that. He wasn't... <laughs> For anyone who hasn't seen The Office, that's where Oscar went. I like that. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I guess George Lopez has a new show somewhere... And they made a made a joke like, "Oh, we need more family members." He opens the door, and it's like the cast of the classic George Lopez show coming in, and they make jokes. And you know, his his mom from the original George Lopez show makes a you know joke about him having a big head, like always. It's kind of yeah. like, "Hey, look, I know those people. I recognize them. I like Not the George the- Lopez show. I'm I, that's another one that I'm in the middle of watching. Yeah, I got I got." I, I need to count up how many shows I can consider myself being in the middle of, and. <laughs> Because I think it's at least 30. Okay. Well, it's like Kim and I, we were watching through The Office. We're on season four. That was months and months ago. Okay, we're going to pause Office and we're going to show, we're going to watch all of The Good Place. And now we're going to watch all of Manifest. And then we're going to watch all of Lost. And we'll eventually get back to The Office. See, The Office is one of those that you could easily do that, though. You can put the pause on and be like, oh, we'll come back to it sometime. Yeah. We've already got it, got it lined up that after Manifest is we're, we're going to go into Lost and, I'll, and then it'll be switched and I'll be the one who knows things and she's the one who, who doesn't. That's what she gets. Yeah. Sounds good. All right. Well, speaking of being lost, um, everyone who's still listening, you probably are in that boat. So let's go ahead and move into trivia. Yeah, and last week we talked about the Santa Clauses. And so if you listen to that episode, if you didn't, I think we said this earlier in this episode, too. Go listen to it anyway. Even if you have no idea what you're talking about, it's just a lot of fun because Elijah is such a wild card, and he's our he special is. guest. And so uh, you can just... Uh, yeah. He forces Matt, Matt and I to be the straight man, which is not where <laughs> he should be. At the same time, simultaneously. I don't know how he does it, but... Yeah. Uh, it's like 90% proud dad, 10% little cringe. So, yeah. Um, but we talked about the, the show, the Santa Claus. And if you saw the Santa Claus too, um, you can remember when they had all of the like legendary characters like Cupid and mother nature and father time. And one of them was the Sandman and the Sandman actually makes a reappearance in the Santa Claus's TV show season two. Uh, we asked what character or what actor was he played by, or actually technically we asked what famous Star Trek character did this actor play? So the actor is Michael Dorn and he played the character of Worf. 
um, primarily from Star Trek The Next Generation, but he's popped up in a couple of other Star Trek uh, franchises. He was even in one of these Star Trek movies with the original cast. So uh, big Klingon with wrinkly forehead, huge security guy. That was him, Michael Dorn. To go from that to the Sandman is quite a difference. True. Um, I thought of a, uh, a trivia, unless you have one. Go ahead. And for this week's trivia, two of the shows that we've talked about that we watched this year have the same creator. So our executive producer behind the show. Which two of these shows were created from the same mind? Um, a little behind the scenes for you guys real quick. Uh, Brian and I had a discussion because we thought maybe there was two. But I, I will give you a hint. It is not Taika Waititi because he was a showrunner of Our Flag Means Death, but he's only executive producer of What We Do in the Shadows. So he's not the showrunner on both of them. Yep, so um, that, that's what I was talking about, but it's not. I did. But it's not. It's someone else. Ta-da! All right. Ta-da. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, that is all we've got. Next month, we got some good stuff coming up. Um, we've already, we already mentioned some of the things in this episode, but um, we'll... We'll have a, a tribute to Andrew Brower because um, he Andre. he passed away. And Andre, did I say I said Andre right, or did oh, I, I pronounce said, it weird? I thought you said Andrew. Maybe I was hearing it wrong. I think I mispronounced it, but I knew I meant I meant Andre because um, I yeah, yeah it came out weird. So yeah, guys, I after recording last week's episode, I told Matt we haven't done an episode on Brooklyn Nine Nine in a while. The next day, I find out that Andre Brower died, and Matt's like, you did this. <laughs> He's just, just like, we need to do an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What should we talk about? And then, like, a finger on the mo- uh, monkey pearl, the p- monkey paw curls. Wow. When I get to the end of episodes, my words just stop. I can't. I don't know how to talk anymore. Yeah. All right, so we'll have that next month. Um, we'll talk about Survivor Season 1 next month and maybe something else that you guys might suggest. So we'll see what we got coming out, and uh, we're going to kick off a great year. And by next month, I think this is coming out in January. Later this month, we're going to have <laughs> these episodes. So stay tuned. we got a lot of good stuff coming up in 2024. And uh, until next time, I'm Matt. I'm Brian. And we're reminding you to stay tuned and keep watching.